Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, this week, we've got to see more of the royals probably than any time in history. The world celebrated the life of an incredible woman, our queen, the queen mother, if you're part of the commonwealth. And we watched her life as she was eulogized and her past was shown lots of pictures and people giving testimonies of what she did. And there, were, there was just a, a lot of things that were said that, about Queen Elizabeth II that I took note of. Her dignity, her grace, the way she carried herself, her kindness, all of these things really caught the world's attention. Now, whether you're part of the Commonwealth or not, whether you're a royal fan, Royals fan or you're not a Royals fan, uh, you had to take notice that the woman lived a life that was an example to so many people. She, she lived an exemplary life. And she knew the behavior of royalty, how royals behave and how they should behave. Not, not all royals behave like a royal should, and we know that. But she lived the behavior of what you would expect. I think we would, most of us anyway would agree. She lived the behavior of royalty. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, and I'm going to read this verse 25. Something really caught my attention, thus this morning's message, which I have entitled The Behavior of Royalty. 1 Samuel 10, 25. Then Samuel explained to the people. Now, I'll give you a bit of background on this, but Samuel is a prophet, and Samuel gets the privilege of anointing the next king of Israel, who's a man named Saul. Saul didn't end up real well because his behavior strayed away from the behavior of royalty. But he anoints him with oil. He gives a rather peculiar pro- prophecy over him of some things that are going to happen, which you can go back and read 1 Samuel chapter 10 from the beginning. All of these are significant. But after he gets anointed, it says, Then Samuel explained to the people the behavior of royalty and wrote it in a book, and laid it up before the Lord. I would like to say that there is a book. It's called the Bible. We call it the Scriptures. There is a book written mainly about this subject, the behavior of royalty. If I could say, what is the book about, really? It's about a lot of things. But one of the, one of the main things that you could summarize the whole Bible is how royalty behaves. All the way through the whole book is the behavior of royalty. And so Samuel explains it, and he writes it in a book, and he lays it up before the Lord. It says, and then Samuel sent all the people away, every man to his own house. Let me just pray as we get into this message, and then we're going to have a baptism at the end, and I'm pumped about this, and I believe this message uh, will be especially special for those people that are being baptized. Father, uh, I just thank you for every person here. 
uh, everybody that's here present and those that are watching or listening online. I thank you, Lord, that you would give us instructions on the behavior of royalty, that each one of us, as we go to our own house, that we would understand something because of the word that's preached this morning. Amen and amen. Why would you teach somebody the behavior of royalty unless they were going to be royals? Why would you bother explaining and writing a book about royalty? You'd think you would just say to Saul, hey, Saul, here's how you're supposed to behave. Do this, do this, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do that, da-da-da-da-da. But he takes that time, writes it in a book. Why would you do that unless you were talking to prospective royalty? Why would God write a whole book about the behavior of royalty, really, if there was nobody that was going to be a royal? Well, Galatians 4.1, I'm glad that you asked that question. Galatians 4.1 says this, it says, what am I saying? He says, what I am saying is that as long as an heir is under age, in other words, as long as they're a child, as long as they're void of understanding, as long as they don't know who they are, he's no different than a slave, although he owns the whole estate. I'd like to say to us this morning that if you don't know who you are, then your behavior will flow out of your identity. If you don't know that you are royalty, then you're not going to behave like royalty. Identity is right at the center of this. And so if you're lack, if you're like a child, if you're void of understanding, you don't know that you're an heir, then you're going to behave like a slave. I see a lot of believers, I'll call it that, the body of Christ, church people, they have a slave's mentality. They behave like slaves. Not just slaves to sin, but slaves to religion, slaves to rules and regulations, because they have not a revelation of who they are in Christ. And as soon as that that light goes on. It was one of the major revelations as, for myself anyway as a, as a young believer uh, that I'm an heir in Christ, that I'm royalty. Some of you are going, I don't know about that. Really? Really? You don't become royal because of your behavior. Your behavior changes when you become royal. See, royalty isn't earned. Royalty is given through inheritance. And you became royalty when you were born again. You were born out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You became a son or a daughter of God, an heir to the throne, if you will, because of Christ Jesus, what we're celebrating with water baptism. You became royalty when you became born again. You became part of the royal family. 1 Peter 2, 9. I'm just going to give you a few scriptures on this because I, I really believe that all of us need to get this revelation and appropriate it. We're going to look at how this should affect our behavior, but our behavior doesn't precede. It follows that. 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen people. Hallelujah. Here you go. A royal priesthood. Now, the priest was incredible because the priest 
was the, was the mediator back in the Old Covenant between God and man. The priest was the one, the spokesperson for God. They were called seers. They were the ones that declared the oracles of God. Samuel was a seer. Samuel was a prophet. He proclaimed what God was saying to the people. He also had an incredible role to anoint the king. You're a, you are a royal priesthood. You're both. You've got royalty and priesthood, a holy nation. That just means set apart, special and set apart. Doesn't mean perfect in your behavior. God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You are royalty. I want you to say that out loud. I am royalty. Some of you can't quite get that out of your mouth. You're not convinced yet. Your identity will determine your behavior because that flows out of identity, not the other way around. Some people are trying to behave themselves. Now, there is a point there where uh, a, a valid point with behavior. I, I remember as a young person, a, a young adolescent flowing into teenagerhood, where somebody would say to me if I was misbehaving, and probably you got similar uh, words of instruction, behave yourself. The teacher would say it from the front. We'd be mucking around, giving the teacher a hard time, uh, or in the family, in the car, on a long trip. You know, there's seven kids in our family all put together and in, in a car, imagine that. You'd sit in the back of the station wagon. It had bench seats in the very back where you'd face your siblings. And then if you, if you were lucky enough, you'd sit in the back seat facing forward. And if you were extremely lucky, you'd sit up the front with uh, the parents. Well, that wasn't actually extremely lucky, but uh, I can remember sitting in, I don't know, if they, did they sell those kind of wet station wagons over here where they had the seats in the back that would fold down? You'd, you'd sit there looking at, you know, and, and uh, invariably, on a long trip, you get bored. So what do you do? You start annoying your sisters. Pinch, kick. He kicked me. No, he didn't kick. <laughs> of course, dad's driving. What can he do? Except pull over. If he pulled over, it's all over Red Rover. <laughs> and so you get this rebuke. Behave yourselves. <laughs> Well, I am behaving myself. I'm an adolescent. I'm a young idiot. I'm behaving exactly myself. <laughs> that's how, that's, my behavior is coming out of my identity. It's not until you grow up and you discover that your identity is not child, baby, you know, adolescent idiot. You start behaving according to your identity. As your identity grows, you start to discover who you are. All of a sudden, your behavior starts to shift. That's why this message, the behavior of royalty. It's, be, it's not the behavior and then that's going to produce my identity. The law tried that. It failed miserably. Identity is what, what, what determines behavior. It's not behavior determines identity. Now, I had a hard time with that because I grew up in America. You could probably tell by my lack of a royal accent. We were not part of the commonwealth, not like you, you beautiful, lucky people. 
American culture is so different because your success, your significance is very merit-based. You have to earn it. If you're successful, it's because you earned it. It's nothing, people that inherited something, oh no, they didn't earn it. They're not really successful. Unless you put your nose to the grindstone, did the hard yards, you, unless you earned it, you can't be it. Whereas God says, you know, you can't earn this. This is all based upon one person, my son Jesus Christ, him crucified. You'll never earn it. You can't good yourself to God. God was good enough to get to you because you'll never be good enough to get to God. No matter how good you are, you are never going to be good enough because if you break one thing, you're guilty of breaking it all. That's what the Word of God says. And I had a hard time with that because my whole culture, American culture, it's all based upon merit. And, and, and to some degree in the business world, in the secular world, that, that's okay. When it came to the kingdom of God, there's a whole different set of rules, if you will. It's a whole different kingdom than the kingdom of this world. I couldn't get my head around this whole thing about inheritance. In fact, when I thought about the royal family, I thought, what a bunch of bludgers. And, a, and quite frankly, you know, I had a little bit of a conversation with some of my family in America that, uh, you know, they said, oh, that's a... This, this queen thing, it's, it's a big deal over there, isn't it? I said, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a really big deal. If they don't get it, not at all. So I said, well, I don't, really don't understand. Do you have to pay money to the monarchy? Like, are you guys being taxed over there? Is, is she in charge of the whole thing? It's like, no, not quite. It's not exactly like that. And, you know, trying to explain that whole thing to an American is quite a big deal. I don't think I did a very good job, to be quite honest. I tried. <laughs> but the whole thing about inheritance, it's like if you, inherited the, 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 if you inherited your wealth, then you're not successful. You can only be successful if you earned it the good old-fashioned way. And that thinking, oh, it's prevalent in the church today. It's really, it's called religion. So how you see yourself determines how you relate to God and the people. And when you discover who you are, you can start to behave like who you are. So behave yourself. Question, what is yourself? Stop behaving like somebody else. You are royalty. Ephesians 2, 6. There are so many scriptures on this. Honestly, I could take the whole sermon just given one after another, after another, but we won't do that. But Ephesians 2, 6, and God raised us up. This is his new covenant, new testament as you could possibly get. Paul's right here and he says, God raised us up with Christ. That's what baptism is about. We've got this tank here full of water. And what it represents doesn't save you, but what it represents is that his history is now your history. As he is, so are you. So that whatever happened to him, because you're in him, happened to you. So he was crucified dead and buried. Your old sinful nature was crucified dead and buried. 
carried. So when they go under the water, that's a type of the water's coming in. It's a type of burial that you are washed away. Your, your past is washed away. You are clean. You cannot work it up through your behavior to get that is a gift. And God gives that to you so that if you're in him, whatever happens to him happened to you. You go down into that water. It's a symbol, symbol that your whole past, every bad thing, your nature, your sin nature, you are born again, born of the water. You come back up out of that water as he is, so are you. He was raised from the dead. He didn't stay in that grave. Thank God, neither do you. But now, Paul says this in Ephesians 2, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him. (sighs) Do you understand that? Well, where are you seated? Oh, I'm in the back row, I'm in the middle, I'm toward the front. You are seated with Christ. Begs the question, doesn't it? Where is he seated? If I'm seated with him, I better know where I'm seated. Have you ever been to a big event, maybe a sporting event? We had the grand final, the AFL grand final. Not much of a game, sorry, but... Uh, he said, oh, I got, got a couple tickets to the game. Do you want to go? Well, my first question is, where's the tickets? Where, where, are, the, where are the seats? Because if it's way back up there somewhere, I'd rather watch it on television. Thanks. You can go down, beat the traffic, and pay for parking, and go through all the hassle. I'm not going to go unless they're good seats. So, so Christ is seated somewhere, and, and, and we are seated with him. God raised us up and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Again, everything hinges about being in him. You're not out there on your own somewhere. You are seated with him. So where is he seated? Colossians tells us, Colossians 3.1, Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. He is seated at the right hand of God, and you are seated with him. So guess where you are seated? You are seated at the right hand of God because you are in Christ Jesus. Friends, you are royalty. Well, the important thing is that you get this because your royalty, you'll start to relate to people differently because of that. Because of royalty. Because you are royalty, you relate to people outside of your tribe. See, people are doubling down these days in their tribes. See it all the time, based on ethnicity, based on nationality, based on socioeconomic status. They're doubling down on that without realizing that royalty is about relationship outside of your tribe. Royals live in a big world. I discovered that watching the funeral and the processions and everything leading up to that. I I was blown away by what's known as the commonwealth, the commonwealth. The Commonwealth nations, I think uh, there's 54, something like that. 
Uh, so many of the Commonwealth nations are represented here in this room. Kenya. Kenya. Kenya's part of the Commonwealth. Australia. The majority here should say that. Are part of what? Part of the Commonwealth. Not, not part of a little tribe, but, but part of the big tribe. The, the Commonwealth. The common, the community, if you will. That's why we do communion. It's common union. We've got something in common. No matter where we're born, or no matter what we look like, we can't change any of that, but, but we've got something in common. And when we go to heaven, there's not going to be a little tribe over there, a little tribe, everybody sticks to themselves. I hope not. That does really good here. It's like I said, everybody's focusing on their little tribe. What I saw in that funeral was a bunch of people marching together, police people and an army and, and, and service people, men and women, all marching together. They had different uniforms, but they were all marching in sync and because they're all part of something called the Commonwealth. Did you notice that? New Zealand's part of the Commonwealth. I wouldn't say much either if I was not. <laughs> Barbados, India, Canada, countries in Africa, Solomon Islands, part of the Commonwealth, Jamaica, Yaman, part of the Commonwealth, 54 nations, all with a common passion, all there to honor their queen, all walking together in sync despite their differences in ethnicity and color. And then I get a picture, and I want to read this in Revelation 7, 9. We scroll forward now into your future. You are an eternal being. This, this life here, this is not the be-all. This is a proving ground. It's going to test your heart. But then you're going to graduate. You're going to be out of that body, which is getting older day by day. Believe me, I can feel it. I'm so glad. Going to get out of that, graduate one day, and then... Revelation 7, 9, John the Revelator says this, after this I looked, and there before me, and this is something we're all going to see, and there before me, a great multitude that no one could count, that's how many of the saints that he sees, no one can count, here we go, from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne, before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes, and they were holding palm branches, a symbol of peace, in their hands because they're all part of the commonwealth of God. You are royalty, and because you are, you have to reach outside of your little tribe. Number two, because you're royalty, you are an heir to the greatest kingdom in the universe, the kingdom of God. So you see yourself as a child of God, not a slave, as an heir to the throne. Romans 8, 15, 17, listen to this. So you have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. In other words, you're going to get punished based on behavior. Instead, you receive God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. 
And now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm we are God's children. And since we are children, <laughs> this is so good, and since we are children, we are heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. I look at the, the price tag on royalty, and it's not just a cakewalk. I mean, the royals are often in the media, not for a good reason. There's a lot of aspersions that get cast about the royal family. You know, mud sticks, some of it. And part of the culture of being a royal, I'm sure, you know, if we were a fly on the wall, I'm sure that we would have heard some things out of the queen mother's mouth about some of the behavior, about some of the naughty royals, I'll just put it that way. She wouldn't have been happy because it gives the whole family a bad name. But until you realize your identity is royalty, then you'll not behave as royalty, and so you're going to look and you're going to give a bad name to all the other royals. I don't want that. That's why we're talking about the behavior of royalty. Behave yourself, of course, but that's going to flow out of knowing who you are. Like I said, I didn't think people could be successful. I thought it was just a big waste of money until I saw that what they were doing so much, if you look at what the royals do, so much of it is just charities and, and charitable-based things and, and spreading goodwill, and they work really hard raising money for, for great causes. They're, they're, they're not all caught up in the size of the jewels and the, and, the, and the crown. It's not like, oh, look at that. Can I touch that diamond again? They don't care about that. So it's just like it's hat wear. It's like put on your hat, Okay. It's not, it's not what consumes them. What, what, what consumes them is spreading goodwill and, and doing charitable things and, and having their identity flowing off into the behavior of goodwill and, and, and the commonwealth and spreading the good news. That's what, what royalty does. Your inheritance. It's not fair, though. And that's, that's something that I looked at I thought originally. I thought, that's not fair that they get to live in that big ca castle. It's not fair that they get to ride around that coach. It's not fair that they got all these people waiting. To put. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. And then I saw something. Grace is not fair. God doesn't run by the definition of what we would call fair. He's got another economy. It's not works-based. It's grace-based, which means you get not what you deserved, Aren't you just thankful about that? I'm so thankful I don't get what I deserve. <laughs> My goodness, man. If I got what I deserved, it'd be a pitiful sight. And so would you. So would all of us. We've all come short of the glory of God, and yet by inheritance, I just read we inherit the glory. Because of royalty, if you're taking notes, number three, because of royalty, you have kingdom authority. You get to conduct God's business or royal business on behalf of the king of kings. In order for there to be a king of kings, there has to be some kings for the king to be king of. Hello, kings. Matthew 28, 
18, Jesus came to them and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, royals, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're about to do that. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. Go and exercise your authority. Free people from the bondages, the slavery of sin, of their past. Set people free. You've got authority to bind up demonic powers and principalities. You've got authority that comes out of your mouth called the Word of God, which is a two-edged sword, sharper even to the piercing between soul and spirit. You've got authority that at, at your word, every knee trembles because you use the authority given to you in the name of Jesus when you know that you're a royal. And finally, I'll close with this probably. Because you're royalty, you can think like royalty. Begs the question, how does royalty think and how should I think? So your behavior comes from your thought life. I'll be even more specific. Your behavior comes out of your imagination. The image in Asian, the image machine in your head, it pumps out pictures of who you think you are, who you've been told that you are. And that will determine the flow of your behavior. So if you're told that you're stupid or you're a, you're a, a misfit, you're a low life, you're, you're this or you're that, that's how you're going to imagine yourself. And so that's what, what dummy sees, dummy does. Until somebody comes along and says, no, no, no. That's not who you are. There's a whole book called the Bible. It's written about the behavior of royalty and in it, it has identity, true identity, and you shall know the truth, and the truth that you know and act upon shall set you free from your imagination of who you've been lied to about and yourself. Your behavior starts to flow out of your thought life. So there's a man named Moses. He was called to deliver Israel out of Egypt. Problem. Moses had the mentality of a slave. He was born into a time in Israel's history where they were slaves in Egypt. And drummed into him was a slave's mentality, which is the same mentality that so many Christians suffer with. It's probably the most rampant disease in the kingdom of God. It's just slavery mentality of some kind. So God had a, had a plan. He had to take Moses and expose him to a, a world of royalty. He got him into a position where he could learn the behavior of royalty. So he became, as it were, the prime minister, the second in command, all the way to Pharaoh. Joseph was like that. Joseph had a dream. As a young man, he saw the moon, the stars, everything bowing down, and he saw he had this coat of many colors. 
he had a very colorful imagination and God dumped into him an, an image of who he really was, the authority that he had. No matter where he went, he couldn't shake that image. He couldn't shake that thinking. He went into the pit, went into Potiphar's house, and all the devil, the whole time, if you watch that, you follow it through, the devil was after his robe. He gets caught in a situation where he's innocent of adultery, but he leaves his robe behind. Some of you have left your robe behind. You are royalty. What does the prodigal get when the father comes out and meets the wayward son? The, the father puts a, a robe on his, he puts a robe on him, a ring on his finger, thought new sandals on his feet. He, he, he re-esteems the fact that, son, no matter what your behavior, you are royalty. Moses and Joseph, where do you fit? And so Moses delivers Israel. Joseph has a plan when Israel's in dire straits because the prince belongs in the palace. The devil will do anything he can to fill your imagination with untruth about who you are. You are royalty. So how should you behave? I'd like our team to come up. How then shall I behave? Once I become that I'm and I'm aware that I'm royalty. When you become, when you, when you know who you are, not outside of Christ, but in Christ. Go and read Colossians. In Him, in whom, all the families together, named together, in whom. You realize I can live in Him or I can live outside of Him. I can think of me outside of Christ in my own behavior, my own merits. And if you do that, you're gone. The devil's got you right where he wants you. Or I can step into Christ in my thinking and realize that I'm seated with Him positionally in heavenly places. That I'm not left on my behavior to give me my position. He gives me his position, his identity, tells me who I am. And now I can behave accordingly. I can reach out to people and not be afraid of what I do being reciprocated. Some people hold back because, oh, what if I treat them nicely and then they don't give me back in return? Well, a royal's not worried about that. Royals don't care about whether it's reciprocated or not. Why? Because it's the commonwealth. They've got so much wealth backing them up that it doesn't matter whether you give me flowers or shout me dinner or whatever it is. I, I'm not looking for anything back. I'm secure. I'm a royal. I've got all of the wealth of the kingdom of God backing me. Therefore, because my, my security is in Christ, I can step out. I can love you. And if you don't give me anything in return, it doesn't matter to me. Because my behavior flows out of my identity. I want to pray for you, and then I'm going to ask the people that are going to be baptized at the end of the prayer to make your way to the front. And uh, Brownie and Matt, 
we're going to uh, we're going to baptize some people. I want to give you a chance to correct your identity to step into Christ. So to do that, you're walking one way, away from God or in your own behavior, your own merit. You need to turn. Turn from that direction. That's called repentance. Change your mind. Change your thinking and walk to Him. If you want to do that this morning, this has nothing to do with your behavior. This is everything to do with identity that He gives you. He wants to give you identity today. The only thing you can do is receive it. It's just that simple. I did that several years ago. Most of you in the room did that. So I'm going to pray right now. If you're willing to do an about face and turn toward him away from your own merit, your own behavior, take on his identity. He wants to give that to you this morning. It's just a decision. This prayer is not a formula. It's a, it's a heartfelt request from God. So I want you to all pray this together. Say, Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you for giving me what I don't deserve. Salvation, newness of life, making me your child. Jesus, I give you my heart. Amen. Look, if you prayed that and you're watching online or you're here, uh, we'd like to know. Just send us an email. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.